0: all right we're back and today's show is brought to you by manscaped it's time to end the days of shaving your balls ended up looking like a horror movie the folks at manscape have the perfect package for your package to get the job done you know once i come out of the shower on a friday night saturday night i'm not leaving the door until i'm shaved up feeling good looking good feeling fresh and if i don't do that i'm staying and watching netflix and i don't want to watch netflix i want to go out with the boys so get on the Manscaped program. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping my dagger slick and ready for wherever the night takes me. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WISCG. W-I-T-H-C-G at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code withcg. Slay your worst pubes and keep your dagger clean with Manscaped. On to the episode, baby. Let's go. Sky.
1: So golden, you're so golden. i out of my head, and I know that you're because hearts get broken. I don't wanna be alone. I don't wanna be alone. When it I don't wanna let you
0: know. All right, we're back on the podcast, and I've been looking forward to having this gal on the airways with me today. She's the current youngest certified female MLB agent, the founder and owner of Luba Sports and made it onto Forbes 30 under 30 in 2021. Rachel Luba Lubes, welcome on the podcast.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: Happy to have you on. It's been a minute since we chatted. I know you're you're practically living on a plane instead of in your own bed. What's going on? Yeah. Have you been?
1: I've been good, you know, staying busy. Um, never a dull moment, um, but you know, hanging in there.
0: Right. So, what's a day like in in your world, from like start to finish? I know you're you're always moving. What goes on in your
1: world? Um, it's like the hardest question to ever answer because <laughs> there is no like a day in the life is like. Who knows, whatever I think it's going to be the night before, it's always different um, when I actually wake up and um, go through my day. So hard to plan. Um, It's just one of those things like you're always kind of um, on call essentially. And when someone needs you, um, you know, like you got to pick up and deal with whatever it is. um, But it's kind of it's always different.
0: Right and uh, you're always just on the go you know I, it was pretty hard to get you on and i finally got you so i'm happy about that um I know. let's get right into it though uh obviously you've been into sports the majority of your life uh you went to ucla you can get you can kind of dive into that but you were a gymnast and after that you you competed in boxing which i think is so cool you know what was that all like in your day in college you know doing all that and stuff
1: yeah um i mean I was a gymnast my whole life. So it was very much just a continuation of that. Um, when I got to college, um, it's definitely a very different, uh, co- like collegiate experience. Um, for- then I think most people, um, you know, being a student athlete is like a job, um, while also going to school. Um, it's a lot different in terms of like, you know, partying all the time and things like that. You don't really get always the same experience. Um, But I think that was pretty consistent with most of my childhood. Um, As a gymnast, you just don't get that same experience, I think, as most kids because you're kind of working all the time. Um, But then once I, you know, retired from gymnastics after all those years, um, it was definitely a hard transition. I felt like my identity, I was a little lost um, and I never like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I was like, I need to be active and doing something. This idea of just like working out to work out was like very odd to me. So I was like, I need to like compete in something. Um, so I got into CrossFit really briefly because it's, you know, um, similar in a lot of ways to gymnastics, a lot of like the strength stuff that you, you do. Um, and quickly from there, one of a guy I did CrossFit with was, um, mma fighter and he wanted to like he's like i'm gonna teach you to box and i was like okay like i never done this before um started messing around on the mitts with him um after crossfit one day Um, and i liked it he was like i'm gonna make you into a fighter i was like i'm not actually ever gonna fight like I'm not about that, but, um, I mean, I should have known given that I can't do anything like less than 110%. Um, very quickly, I was like, okay, I need to start fighting. So then I got into boxing.
0: That's an interesting transition, you know, and, and it was because of your, your trainer who, who it was that suggested it. How long did that go for in boxing?
1: Um, so I boxed, I started boxing. Um, actually my last year at UCLA, um, I had to like medical retire from gymnastics. My shoulders ironically were really messed up. Um, and it, like, I wouldn't be able to compete. Although if I could, I could get all these like cortisone and other sorts of injections, um, outside of like the NCAA, you know, D one rules and stuff. Um, and be able to box, um, without actually having to have surgery. Like they were going to force, or like I was going to need to have surgery for gymnastics, but so I was like, I can mask it up and box. So I started doing that my last year, um, at UCLA. And then I did it through law school, which was very, um, difficult. Um, and then, A little bit after law school, but then once I started traveling a bunch, um, I still like box and I'll go in and train a little, but it's too hard to like train for fights right now. So,
0: Right. And I think what you're doing now is perfect for you. And we'll get right into it. You know, I want to bring something up because you took on a sports center future. Uh, And and one thing I'm trying to focus on, Rachel, is mental health. Uh, And for a woman, you know, I think day to day, there's a lot of pressure on how you look and the body image you have. And when you were a gymnast, you took on a lot of pressure from your own coach and throughout the whole process and the journey. Can you touch on that, you know, for everyone listening, you know, what your experience was like and how you came out of it?
1: Yeah. um, Being a gymnast is... um, Look, I don't know if it's gotten better in that, like, environment. I have very much a love-hate relationship with the sport um, for a lot of reasons. But, um, you know, one of them, I think it really does a number on young girls, um, and their perception of their body. Um, you know, gymnastics, it's very different than any other sport or like most sports where let's say softball, for example, if you hit a home run, it's a home run. It doesn't matter what you look like. You can be tall, short, you know, heavy, super skinny, muscular, not muscular. It's a home run. No one cares. Right. In gymnastics, when you do a backflip on the balance beam, Um, a judge will, you know, watch two gymnasts do the exact same skill perfectly. But if one just like looks prettier doing it, and I'm talking like, I'm talking about body lines, everything, they're going to get a higher score than the other one. Um, so how you look is almost equally as important as like the skills and what you're doing. Um, as well as the fact that you know, a lot of the things that you're doing, it's, you know, easier to do when you are like pre-puberty, um, you know, when you're smaller, lighter, things like that. So the, you know, older you get, and when you start turning into an adult, um, your body changes and, you know, it's a lot more pressure and pounding on your body that it has to kind of endure. So there's a lot of pressure to, um, stay super small. Um, and it's not always the most healthy environment, um, to grow up in. And and most gymnasts I know have some sort of, whether it's like a full-blown, you know, eating disorder that they ever had to deal with, or just a, maybe kind of, um, not great relationship with food at times and how they perceive their body. Um, It's very much there, I would say, and rampant across the board. And if you do it long enough, so um, that was something that I dealt with. Um, My senior year was when it really got bad. Um, It was actually like when I really just like started to develop an eating disorder, uh, my senior year in high school. And um, I actually almost lost um my identity as a gymnast because i wasn't going to be able to compete or anything anymore when i got to ucla because i was so sick um so that was actually weirdly enough the thing that i think was a catalyst for uh, making me kind of end up develop an eating disorder was also the thing that saved me um and not feeling like i that was to me, the worst thing possible, like to lose my identity as a gymnast when I got to UCLA. I was like, I can't do that. I can't lose that. And so the only way I could compete um, would be to get healthy.
0: Right. And you did. And I think it's like, you know, I when I was doing my research on this whole future, like I heard that your coach was like pointing out a younger girl, like way young and saying, you should look like her. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck are you looking at? I mean, I look at you and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like really?
1: <laughs> but it's different. It's different in the gymnastics world. Yeah, um I someone my coach, yeah, I remember at one point, like kind of, you know, hit my stomach and was like, "Suck it in." Like, you know, you need to like pay attention to that. and was kind of mad at me. And right. I'm like 16 or something at the time, and he was like, "Not everybody's blessed with a body like." And like says one of my teammates who was like 7 or something at the time pre-puberty like a child and i'm like (laughs) yes not everyone is child anymore but i mean at the time that's not even how i really viewed it it was like he's right i don't have that like perfect body anymore which a child's body is like what is like the perfect body as a gymnast
0: right i think it's uh yeah It's. it was very confusing to see that but you know you did a great job in speaking out on it and i think it moved a lot of people and made uh, it was just comforting for other women that probably heard about your story on that. So good on you. Um, I want tra- to transition into the, to what you're doing now. You are an MLB agent, uh, attorney, and uh, let's get right into it. I mean, you started your own agency in 2019. And uh, I just want to know, like, how did you, what was the idea of like, okay, I want to do this. I want to get into it. What kind of inspired you to do it? And um, yeah, I want to hear about it.
1: So I are we talking what inspired me to be a baseball agent or to start my own agency?
0: We could do both. We could do both. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I well, So I wanted to be an agent. Um, I knew as a gymnast, like, you know, you can't have an actual career in that. Uh, really, it's hard because your body can't do it forever. So knew I had to do something after college. I um, was starting to think about I knew I wanted to work in sports in some capacity. And as I started thinking about it, my freshman year at UCLA, I lived on the same floor as a bunch of baseball players there. They were like brothers to me um, and kind of started talking to them. And um, I was like, you know, toying around with this idea of what about like representing players? Um, And for me, it was super important. um, Or I was more passionate about uh, the individual athlete rather than a lot of people want to work for a team. They like the team camaraderie, all of that. Um, You know, kind of like, everyone's in it to try to win like the ultimate thing, the championship Um, probably as an individual sport athlete, that was never as appealing to me as helping the individual sport athlete or helping the individual athlete. So, um, you know, this idea of being an agent was interesting. Um, You know, they tell you to talk to an interview um, people who work in the industry where you think maybe you want to go into um, to kind of get their perspective right on it. So Uh, A friend of mine had an agent at the time and introduced me to his agent uh, to have like just an informational interview. So I went to his office um, and I remember, you know, he like kicked his feet up on his desk, leaned back. He was like, listen, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He was like, cause it seems like, you know what you want to do. So he's like, you're a girl. And just stared at me. I was like, Yep well aware. Uh, and he was like, well, what I'm saying is like, you're not really welcome in the industry. And I was like, um, wait, are you being serious? And I grew up with three brothers and I have like, my dad is fantastic. And my mom, but they, there was never a single thing that it was like, that I can't do that. My brothers can do. It was always like, I can do the same things as them. So even in 2010 at the time, like I was like, there's no way this guy's being serious. Um, Quickly, I learned that like he was being serious in a a sense. Um, And so I was like, is that it? Like, that's all the advice you have for me Um, or that's all you want to tell me? He's like, look, like if I'm going to give you any advice, it's like your best bet. If you want any chance at having credibility, like you would need a law degree. But like the reality is, it's just a boys club. And... I was like, okay, um, well, I appreciate your time and thank you. And I walked out of there and I texted my parents and I was like, I'm going to go to law school. And so that was how I decided to go to law school because he told me I needed a law degree. And I tell people all the time, but like I credit him for being the reason I went into baseball specifically. Um, if he probably sat down and told me, you know, here's some different paths you can take to get into this industry, um, I would have been like, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. And then I probably would have gone on to talk to an NFL agent or an NBA agent, right? But the fact that he told me, like, you can't do this. You're not welcome in the industry. I was like, perfect. This is the industry I'm going to go into then. So that was why baseball, and why I was like so set on I'm going to become a baseball agent.
0: Yeah. So whoever that was, how's it going, big fella? I think she's doing okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? That's yeah. I'm not surprised by that because it's you know as a female going into it, you're kind of the underdog. You know, you have that pressure and being a male in, in a male-dominated world in business, you're going to get those people that think you're not you're not good enough. You're not you're not capable. But I love the fact that you've came in and you've just inspired so many people, showing I don't give a fuck what gender yeah. I am. I'm gonna go and get this job done, and you've done a great job. So kudos to you. I'm I'm pumped for you.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, uh, with the job, I do have a question. What you know, with the deals and that come into play with players and coaches that you're representing, what's the most exciting part about the day to day with those deals that you could say?
1: Um. I mean, honestly, like. For I guess the most the most intellectually stimulating part of the job would be the like the puzzle often of how do I take these stats and you know kind of what I'm working with with this player and how do I maximize their value? And that's like the most intellectually stimulating part and the most exciting um, in a sense um, where I can just geek out for you know like you know 16 hours a day trying to like figure it out. Um, and then, you know, obviously the negotiation is, is always exciting. Um, salary arbitration as well. Like that's kind of putting on a case, like taking a puzzle and, you know, putting on the best case possible. And I get to use my law degree for, you know, and that kind of part of my brain for it. Um, but the most like rewarding part is definitely just like seeing players, who, you know, are your clients who have these goals, who go through ups and downs, who have horrible games, you know, and where people trash them online and they're like the scum of the earth because they had a bad day at work kind of thing, but then they overcome it and end up accomplishing something that they've set out to accomplish, that they worked, you know, tirelessly for what, you know, months, years, whatever, um, that stuff is like the most rewarding part of it.
0: No doubt. Sorry, I'm mute. Um, no, that's that's great. I love I love hearing about the background process of things with deals and all that. I want to talk about your first client. You know, he's a big reason. You know, it was huge when you got that deal with them, Trevor Bauer. Um, this is a guy you worked with, your first client. How's it been with him? When I first got to meet him, I, I thought he was such a great guy. And he's obviously one of the best to, to pitch on the fucking mound. You know, how how's it been with him? Just like this whole process and joining it with him.
1: Um, I mean, it's been it's been a roller coaster. Um, there's been some incredible highs and some incredible lows. It can happen quickly. Um, but it's a journey and you know, he's one of the best people I know. Um he's you know, one of the hardest workers I know, one of the smartest people I know. And from day one, he's somebody who when I have told him, I mean, I've known him for 12 years or so. We met my freshman year at college in college. Um, I told him I wanted to be an agent. And he was like, that's awesome. Like, I love that. And I had to teach myself the sport. I had to teach myself baseball and he taught me a lot. Um, He's anyone who's in the baseball world knows he's like one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to baseball. Um, And he always went out of his way to help me, to teach me. Um, And, you know, kind of going through this process with him where it was like, he was mentoring me in a sense of like teaching me the game and then all these years later to get to a place where it's like, he trusted me now to like leave the agents that he was with, um, have me represent him and then give me a chance to help give him, get him, you know, a record breaking contract in baseball um, was a really cool, just like transition. And even after that to like, look back and be like, you know, damn, like only 10 years yeah. ago, like you were literally teaching me like the difference between a fastball and a slider and you know, things like that. And then now I've just like, we broke a record for your deal and you helped me do that. So
0: Incredible to see one of the best pitchers count on you and believe in you to go in and work with them. One thing I want to point out uh, at the time is that the fact that you were the first female to ever represent a Cy Young winner, the first female to negotiate a a, a 100 million plus contract. And uh, what else? 40 million plus per year contract per year right so it's like in mlb history you're you're making huge records you know how does it feel to see that it's pretty special
1: yeah um it's really special um it you know once once you achieve it once it happens or you know like okay you can add that to the list of things it doesn't always feel as like um exciting as, you know, when you're looking up, looking off in the distance and like, wow, I want to be that someday. Um, you get there and you're already kind of on to the next thing of like, well, no, I want to do this now. Um, but it is cool. Sometimes I try to take a moment to like look back and be like, that's really like it's cool. And it's cool because it's it it it's gonna help other women. It's going to help other women who want to like go down the same path and have someone to kind of look to, because while there are women in baseball that have come before me, absolutely. They didn't have like, they were always unfortunately in the shadows, um, and never got the credit that I think they deserved. And so, um, you know, being able to on my own kind of, um, like with my own agency do things and, accomplish things especially for women and then like publicly promote them in a sense um is i it's honestly like i do it because that way younger girls can look to it and they can see you know i have young girls who will tag me in posts where they for career day want to be an agent and like i never even knew that was a thing that i could do back then um so i think it's so important to have women kind of own their successes and be proud of them and vocal about them because the reality is like most men aren't going to give you the credit otherwise. So you know you kind of have to take it upon yourself. um And so it's cool to like have those things and be able to put them out there so that other girls can see, oh, I can do that too.
0: Right, and I think it's you're, you're a great example. I mean, you could be an agent in any sport you want. You're kind of showing that you're leading the way. Like, hey, if I can do it, you can too. Um, and one thing I want to point out about Trevor is I love the vlogs. I love that he's just out, he's outspoken. He he doesn't he doesn't hold back, and he gives good detail around pitching and baseball and what he thinks. And I think that's something that the game needs. You know, everyone yeah, wants great. to be a little conservative, and you know when I see that, I'm like, that's the stuff the game needs. So I'm proud that he's doing that. And I love that you're involved with it. Um, one thing I want to bring up is the postseason, MLB postseason this year. Uh, I'm sure you guys have been watching it. What's your thoughts on it? It was kind of cool to see San Diego and it. I want to point that out. But what's your thoughts on the Phillies and Astros, you know, with the finals and all that too?
1: Um, I mean, it's it's cool to see the Phillies. They got hot at the right time. It's a, it's a team that is loaded with talent um, and, you know, contracts, high contracts, etc. So it's cool to finally see them get to an opportunity where they could win a championship. Um, I think this is a really interesting, you know, new format. Um, I don't love it in the sense that I don't think it's as great for, um, you know, having the when you've got your division winners who are sitting out for a week, um, unlike other sports where rest can be really helpful, uh, to perform better in baseball, it's all about, you know, especially for hitters, um, you know, you, you go on streaks, right. Um, you got to get hot. And when you take a week off, when you have time to rest, you often cool down. And so you're a lot of times you'll see like the baths just weren't there. Um, so, you know, obviously with the exception of, um, you know, Houston, um, you've got all the other, all the other teams who, uh, unlike the Philly, or you have the Phillies who are like wild card teams who just got hot and just kept going and rolling and steamrolling through, um, you know, different series. It was hard, I think, for a lot of the other teams to take a week off and then get hot.
0: Right. I agree with you. And I, as, as you know, I'm, I'm big on hockey and I watch hockey and I see the teams in playoffs. They take a week off and the other team is like, they're already rolling in. It's like, they're going to have the momentum, watch out. And you have a good point on that. You know, I want to bring something up and that's the Forbes 30 under 30. I think it's pretty cool that you made it uh, and and well-deserved too. What was the feeling like when you found out that you made it onto the Forbes 30 under
1: 30? Um, I didn't really like think that I was going to necessarily. Um, I knew I still had one more year after to like get it. So I was just like, eh, whatever, I'll apply this year. Or like, and I got nominated and I was like, I'll just do the application thing. Um, I woke up, like they announced it at 6 a.m. Eastern and I was on the West Coast. So at like 3 a.m., I think my public- our publicist like, you know, text me and was like, congratulations and I woke up to it and I had a bunch of texts and I was like I didn't even know that they were announcing it that day and I was like what is everyone congratulating me on um but then seeing that was really cool that's always been like a bucket list thing that I didn't really think um that I would necessarily get um the although I'll be honest like um so Trevor, that was, Trevor's a year older than me. Trevor actually was nominated as well at, for an athlete um, in that category. He did not get it. Probably, to be honest with you, a lot of like political reasons. Um, he's not a, you know, I think we we like, and it's not a bad thing, but we do like celebrating, you know, women and minorities and things like that who are doing, you know, similar things and giving them recognition. Um, But someone like him didn't get it. And I my first thought was like, I feel horrible because I don't I wouldn't be in this position without him, without him giving me the opportunity, without him believing in me, without him helping me learn the sport all these years. And like, I felt like I got this incredible um, recognition. But he was really deserving of it too, um, and so that was like a really hard kind of moment. And then you know it, you know. I mean, he even said like at you know at one point he was like, "Don't like, I'm proud of you. Like, don't don't let like you should be proud of yourself. Um, like, stop worrying about um, the fact that I didn't get it. Like, I've accomplished a lot of things, Rachel. Like, you're this is the beginning of your stuff. So like, enjoy it." Um,
0: but yeah. really cool. I, I mean, I, I know what you mean by that. It's you know, you know how hard you've worked, you know what you've done. and I think recognition is good, but if you know deep down inside what you're capable of and, and the confidence you have in your job, I mean that's that's what stands out. Validation from other people. we got to ignore that sometimes and just keep going. Uh, one quote I love from you is you have to fail your way to success. And I think some, a lot of people think, you know, overnight success is the right success. And I think it's not. I think you, you have to enjoy the L's tune and, and know that there are pros, there are ups and downs and, and throughout the journey. And that's what I'm experiencing too. I love it. So what, what's your thoughts on that? I want you to touch on the quote that you, uh, you put out.
1: Um, I, it's just one of my yeah, favorite, um, kind of sayings, um, it, as I think as a gymnast, that's a part of um, it's kind of ingrained in like your journey um, and how you think about things is it, there's really very like infrequently. Do you ever try a new skill for the very first time and land it perfectly? Like that's, I mean, every now and then maybe, but it's like, you always know, okay, I got like lucky that time. And then the next hundred times I get up. I'm going to do the same thing and fall flat on my face over and over again. And, like, that's just a part of the process. And so, the only way to ever learn a new skill is you have to quite literally fall on your face and fail over and over and over again till you finally get it perfect. And so, in order to succeed, um, it's always like I, it, I've always kind of understood, and I think most gymnasts kind of get this that. You have to start with failure, like and do and fail a hundred, a thousand, you know, several thousand times before you're going to get it. And I think that's just such an important part of like life that a lot of people, I think, kind of fear in a sense where, you know, they expect that you you know, if you're trying to get some, achieve something, if you don't get it right the first time you failed and that's it. And the failure, I mean, I hate the word failure because it's not the only time it's a failure is like when you quit. Right. The, but the, the, the failure part um, is literally just a stepping stone to finally getting it right and finally doing it or achieving it. And so you have to fail in order to succeed and i think like when you change your mindset to that of like if i want to succeed i have to fail first then it makes it so much easier to fail
0: right and i think people have failed they're like oh this is it for me but you have to know it's going to happen and you got to keep going In conclusion, I want to say this. I think it's so inspiring. This is like, this. I was looking forward to this interview because it's like, it moved me to see what you're doing. Uh, And for any female listening to this episode and and watching, this is going to move them because you're a prime example of embracing the underdog role, going through the industry, making things happen. And I'm so proud of you for how far you've come and you're still doing it. You're still going. You've overcame a lot and uh, you're having a lot of success and you're putting your head down you're, you're going. So just want to say thank you for jumping on. You're, you're an inspiration to many and, and myself as well.
1: Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Corey. It was good to catch up and to yeah. chat.
0: Yeah. And uh, next time you're in LA, let me know. We'll have to go grab dinner with Laura. Big shout out to my cousin, Laura, uh, and Matt, and Sly.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. and Sly.
0: And Sly. I can't forget about that. The God, mommy. My
1: little godson.
0: <laughs> All right, Rachel. Thanks so much. Okay, we'll we'll talk. Yep. Thanks for having me. Ain't going the daylight.
1: Time for me right now If I was a bluebird I would fly to you you me the spoon Dip you in honey So I could be sticking to